Never made it as a wise man. I couldn't cut it as a poor man stealing. Well, they don't say back in that song, but it is Nickelback, and I am here to tell you that we are back. We are back, and we are already off the tracks. This is Got Nothing For You, and I am Patrick. We have a great show for you today. Uh, as you may have guessed by that abomination of an intro, Devin is off this week, and I'd say so for good reason. You'd probably guess this <laughs> if you listened. Uh, quite frankly, I'd be thrilled if anyone out there uh, listened and didn't know this, but Devin and Leah, congratulations. An official got nothing for you. Congratulations. Congratulations. You two are married, and we could not be more happy for you. It was an amazing weekend. Real fun. Real epic. So fun. And wishing you nothing but happiness in what is a lifetime of Survivor never stopping <laughs> and dreams never stopping either. Well, but, this is why Devin really yeah, kind of controls the outline up, shall we? to begin with, but you know, I haven't introduced you yet. Yeah, I'm waiting for um, introduction. Before we turn this into a different type of a show, um, we can't ignore that they put their wedding right in the middle of Merge Week. We had a double sewed. We had a merge sewed, marriage sewed, triple name sewed, um, and you know we're we're going to talk about it. But obviously, you've guessed by now. I can't do it alone. I'm going to introduce you to the second first lady of the cast, my wonderful fiance, Katie. Katie's here to join me. Katie, say hi to the people. Hello to the people, and I'm very sorry for Patrick singing in the beginning. It's something that I always have to listen to, but you normally are not subjected to, so welcome to my world. Well, that's that. Um, <laughs> this has still got nothing for you, uh, and we still have a great show for you today, believe it or not. We're going to talk about idols, two tribal councils, boundaries, but first, Katie, did you know this episode contained a survivor first? It was the first time a producer spoke in a confessional. Are you at all surprised by that in 39 seasons? That's the first time this has happened. I am surprised by that because I feel like I've seen that happen before, but maybe I'm thinking of The Bachelor yeah. and the different different reality show, different reality show. Um, yeah, no, I didn't know that. Did you have to look that up or did you just know that? Well, this, as being the lead of this podcast, this is the first time in the history of Got Nothing For You that I've prepared for a show. And there's a website that kind of recaps things, and it was they had little notes at the bottom, and I thought that was fun to share. Are we going to go into the producer interaction, or is that something that I could talk about now? No, go for it. I just thought it was a very strange interaction because she was clearly telling somebody how she was feeling, and he, the producer was saying, yeah. "If you want to really tell us, tell us." It was a very strange. Oh, she yeah. It just didn't feel like it was handled properly, but I think that's definitely something that we will touch that's on in a, the episode. <laughs> yeah, that is a theme. Yeah. Yep. It, it was um, a little unsettling for me. Yeah, I, I found like that she was not talking to a camera. Like at a certain point, you're, yeah. how many days are they on the island? She's eventually talking to a person that's holding a camera. Yeah. And it's not to a world that she hasn't had any interaction with. She's telling somebody. And it was clearly not perceived that way, so I just thought the whole way that it was handled was... Um, well, just, sus? Yeah, yeah. Didn't love it. Yeah, and then I think to kind of... I think a little cherry on top there is the whole theme that Survivor then kind of made us very clear that they were on the side of, like, you know, women need to tell their stories, they need to be believed, and... Oh, yeah. I don't know how you read it, but... You could make the case that Kelly wasn't believed by the producers of Survivor start that show. Yeah, it was a definitely a strategic move of like we need to put this producer moment in, we need to put this these tech slides in. Like there there was a lot of strategy on the Survivor part, which I totally get. I just I think it was uh, an interesting move on the all Survivor part, and an interesting way to start the podcast too, because I will derail this all. Yeah, well, um, whatever Survivor kind of uh, aficionados out there were listening and perhaps thinking of investing. We hope that we did not offend you. Survivor's <laughs> still an amazing show, and we will talk about it. We do have a lot to talk about. Before all that goes down, we come back from a tribal council in which Kelly pulled, in my opinion, one of the most savvy moves I've seen in recent history, where um, she used her idol, gave it to Dean, got Nora to vote Dean to kind of be a contingency plan, got out, I am forgetting who at this point, but uh, Jack. Jack. Yeah, she got out Jack. And poor sweet Jack. Poor Jack. And we all thought it was perfect. And then we come back to camp, um, as is now tradition, I suppose. Jamal, Janet need to figure out why exactly they 
didn't win this round. And Nora ends up outing Kelly in saying that Kelly told her to vote Jack, kind of putting some seeds of doubt into um, Kelly's relationships with both Janet Jamal. Knowing that, having that hindsight, was Kelly's move to get out Jack worth potentially damaging those relationships with Janet and Jamal? I think that her move to get out Jack was the right move. I think her entrusting Nora with the one to protect the information was the wrong move. Who else should she, tr should she trust them? Or does she not have the contingency plan? I think she should have voted and blamed it on Nora. Is that terrible? No. Yeah, I. it's not terrible. It's probably... It's probably that's easier. Happened. That's what we thought happened. That's Remember, fair. we thought that happened, and then we realized that she convinced Nora when we were watching the end. Right. We were like, Holy shit, Kelly is a mastermind. But then, as brought to light by Jamal in this episode, who was yeah. very savvy very and, perceptive. Was, and was basically laughed at her underground game of like, if you're going to trust Nora with something underground, you're not as smart as you think. And I, right. I don't think that I realized that from last week's episode. I thought she was a G for getting Nora to do that. But in this episode, I was like, actually, that was really dumb because of course Nora's a loose cannon right. you can't trust her to keep that information it puts her in a really bad position and why does she have to protect you so I think Kelly doing that move I think hurt her game wow wow what a, what a difference a week makes yeah uh, really just five minutes in survivor land but so you're basically saying you would rather take the bet that you can convince Janet and Jamal that Nora is lying then trust Nora to safe keep your potential gameplay. Yes. Because I think I don't that's think, fair. I, don't I think, think that's Kelly, fair. Like, did Kelly know that Nora was going to be like, it was me that wrote it down? I think what she was hoping for was that nobody would fess up and it would kind of just go unspoken. It would be Dean's play and they would be like, holy shit, Dean did it all. But they wouldn't really care about the second vote. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she she decided to hedge her relationship with Dean, which is another thing. She didn't need to do that either. It could have just been Dean's amazing play. So there's another way that, that maybe that could have been better. But um, that's the benefit of hindsight. I still think in the moment, not retracting my power move. Still one of the best plays I've seen. Oh, that's but yeah. your power move? No, my last week's power move. Last week's power Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And I'm not going to back down off of that because I like to live in the moment and I don't think ahead, much like Kelly. But Jesus Christ, we are off the rails, folks. <laughs> um, so really, I think Kelly recovered pretty well. Um she realizes two idols get flushed at the tribal, you know, because Jamal played his to try to project Jack, uh, as well as she playing her uh, one that she got from the Island of the Idols. Figures there's got to be one mm. on the island. She finds one. And then let's fast forward a little bit before we jump back in time. Doing a little, little um, you know, snitch yeah. action, the Adam Sandler movie. And <laughs> what? I don't think that's what it's called. Which one? Switch? That one. He Sorry. does too many damn movies. Um, but then after the merge, also having the wherewithal to think, you know, I don't know how I stand in this game. I need to go find a second idol because we're at the merge and there's going to be another idol. She finds two idols in one episode. I can't say that I've ever seen that before. It looked like a really, really good start to, um, to Kelly's second episode. But um, obviously not the case in the end. Really, I would say a largely uneventful merge feast. And what uh, kind of became the unfortunate theme of the episode was um, Kelly started to talk with Missy about how she felt about Dan. Um, Missy seemed to yeah. identify at least with um, Kelly's position, whether she corroborated stories. I'm kind of losing track of all this, to be honest with you. Uh, but they seemed to speak for around two hours. Um, the long and short of it is... It was going to be Dan after that conversation. The conversation was the vote's going to be Dan. Yeah, I Missy think... quickly learns that Kelly was scheming for her before that conversation. So I got two questions for you. Okay. In regards to her conversations about Dan and how she was feeling, was Kelly being genuine with Missy? And two, at the time of that conversation, when she was talking with Missy, in Kelly's plan, was the vote Missy or Dan? I think she was being genuine, and I think the vote was Missy. So I think, like you saw her say, that she didn't realize that this was happening with other women, maybe very early with Molly, because she mentioned Molly, but Molly got it voted out pretty quickly. I think she was sort of looking 
to have that shared experience with someone to be like, I'm not crazy. This is inappropriate. I'm okay to feel uncomfortable. So I think that was a very genuine conversation that Kelly had. And I think that's corroborated by her testimonial because she, a lot of the things that she said in that conversation were the things that she was also saying when she was alone, which I think is a little bit different for Missy. Um, so I do think Kelly was being genuine. think that she was looking for sort of just someone to get it out to vent with and mm -hmm. be like, oh my God, this has been happening to me for weeks. I haven't had any other girls to really like talk about this with. So like finally now I have somebody. And I do think the merge feast you said being very uneventful, like the main thing that I took away coming from that was like Dan laying on the floor and like touching people. Like that was what they wanted to show you. I'm sure other things happened. Right. That that would have been any other normal merge feast of people getting drunk and having a good time. But I think it was very focused around Dan to really set up that story. But to your second part of your question, yeah, I think Kelly, even having that conversation, she was still thinking about Missy, but I don't think that conversation was part of the gameplay. Got it. So you, you think that you think that they were mutually exclusive? Yeah. For Kelly. Yeah. I think in that moment she was looking to just have a conversation with somebody about something yeah, that's been bothering I agree her with that. and then but was also looking to take missy out i don't think it was a strategic move at that time yeah. it may be festered later in her mind of oh i actually built a rapport with her over this weird thing that i never would have even thought we had in common together but now that we do how can we use it and i think that i think kind of both sides splintered out with that thinking yeah i i would agree with that i think that um I think that may, maybe not at the start of the conversation, but at the conclusion of that conversation, I think that Kelly was voting Dan, or that I think that her 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 gaze had shifted off of uh, off of Missy at the end of that specific conversation. Yeah, I think it did. See, I think it did. I might be wrong. I might be wrong, um, and maybe it's just kind of it's, it's kind of like you you never know what really what conversation happened first. Like how deep were the talks around Dan when Missy and Kelly had that conversation? Had all the talks with Janet already happened? Had Janet talked with Kelly? Like, how deep into that whole experience was Kelly? Um, but I do, I do think that, and also Kelly voted this way. I think it got to the point for her where that was the vote, and I think that she knew that pretty quickly once she was found out it wasn't just her that was experiencing this. Yeah, and I think you bring up Janet's name. I, I, in my head, again, this could have been just the way things were edited, but in my head, the conversation didn't turn back to Dan until Janet sort of made it happen. Because I feel like Janet, maybe I'm not remembering this yeah, right, but she it's tough at of, this point. Honestly, she it is. sort of helped to flip the, flip the votes because in her head, she's getting all these stories from these different women who are maybe using it strategically, using the story about Dan strategically for their own benefits, but what Janet's hearing is these girls need help let's flip it and make it dan so i feel like that it didn't flip back to dan i felt it was kelly versus missy until the dan story actually started to become part of the kelly versus missy strategy mm. and then janet kind of whipped the group to a to a dan vote. interesting yeah yeah i mean it's it, it's tough to say um but all good thoughts and we got more to talk on that lest you wait um but <laughs> We had our first individual immunity challenge, and as is so often the case and got nothing for you, I'm immediately proven wrong. Um, so I've always say that the individual immunity challenges are more about dexterity, balance, up for grabs, who can win. Stereotypical males aren't usually the threats they are perceived to be. And Aaron looked pretty dominant in this first challenge, a challenge I'm not sure I've ever seen before. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen this one, but wait a second, because I think we skipped over me giving my power move of the week, but it fits seamlessly here, because I'm going to give it The power moves come at the end of the episode. Well, can I give it now? That's power move. I'll allow it. <laughs> I was going to say, power move of the week, you're not going to like this. I don't know if anyone will. I'm giving it to Karishma. She was holding her own in both immunity challenges. I gave her no credit going in. I thought she'd be first out. I thought she'd kind of have no willpower to work through some of the pain and she actually held in tight of the of the women at least so i'm gonna have to revoke your power move giving privileges um i'll give you another shot at the end of the episode okay. but you can't grade a power move on a bell curve you need to be graded against the top that is a power move you can't shoot for a b plus on a power move of the week i'll see you at the end of the episode hey, a kid. b plus has gotten her this far so well not it doesn't the west nail power move of the week segment is not a b plus segment 
Karishma <laughs> is at best a B minus player. And so you're bringing in a B minus player with a B plus performance into an A plus segment. It's not not allowing it. Not right. allowing it. So in any case, noted. Yeah, new challenge. Um, cool one. It was an endurance challenge, and the fit guy won. Um, what was um, your kind of thoughts on Aaron's performance? Anything stand out to you early? We're, we'll get to the second one as well. But anything out of the ordinary for here? Is I mean, it's really tough to, uh, for me to kind of get a gauge on. I mean, he his the, mental the fortitude. Like, I think he mm. he locks in. He has that little thing he hangs out of his yeah, mouth. Yeah, what is that? It's like a stick. I don't know. He has like a little stick in his mouth. I think it gives his mind something else to focus on, which I, is really smart. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. I'm not like, sure his mind can focus on two things. Well, I think what it chooses to focus on is like this thing in my mouth, play around and move it between your teeth, and like the rest of your body is sort of just is so what just, it is. So just and trust it, what you've it built. shuts off. Yeah, trust what you've uh, built. Because, yeah, I mean, there was, there was a couple shakes. He was sweating like that type of thing but like he there was never really like a moment where i was like oh oh Aaron. it was like mm -hmm. you know he lost the first ball and i was like he was chilling i think he lost the second ball like pretty quickly after the first one but he didn't really seem phased by it he was just right. kind of flicking that stick around in his mouth so i think that's a i'm interested to see if that continues to come up in these immunities if that's just his signature move of having a distraction yeah i mean he's in these ones where he's we get to stand still. It's a little different than the team ones where you're kind of running around challenges. You don't want to be chewing on a stick and <laughs> impaling yourself in the, in the middle of a challenge there. But yeah, we'll, 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 we'll have to keep an eye on that. Yeah. It'll be riveting television. Um, so I have a question. Yes, please. Was there anyone that you were surprised by in a good or bad way in the first immunity? Um, Typical Rishma. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was surprised Karishma didn't fall flat on her face. I am absolutely surprised by that. Um, <laughs> No, I would. I wouldn't. I would. I again. This episode just just put me in a blender. So I don't. I don't. I don't even know if I paid attention to anything other than the dance storyline. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think we'll 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 talk about. You alluded to kind of how tribe uh, tribe life was after the merge. The discussion shifted from just Missy or Kelly, and then maybe uh, I, I don't know what Kelly was telling Missy or Dan was the throwaway vote for those other folks and maybe became more of a vote and Missy talking about how she didn't believe the Dan storyline that those women were going to vote that way, um, which we'll touch on, but, uh, we do head to tribal and Jack's there. Um, Jack didn't make the merge and Jack is the first member of the jury. Um, no one's questioning it. Am I, I losing my marbles? No one is saying like, I'm sure they're maybe talking about it together but nobody is like asking what's going on here and i feel like the very thing that everybody loves in survivor is asking like what the hell is survivor up to and we haven't gotten one of those moments like every new season when people are trying to figure out what the what the twist is what the name of the you know the season means like there's always like people speculating about what it is and nobody said anything about if this has any significance if it just means he's just another member like what what does it mean yeah Nobody's... was it a was it a subtle change of gameplay to put one more person on on the jury i speculated that maybe it's the um the idea that there should be somebody on the jury who objectively looked at every tribal council i could subscribe to that ideology but i mean if it was if it was kind of like a way to enhance the survivor gameplay i feel like the survivor producers would wear that as a badge of honor and and put that on the forefront yeah you know um so it's confusing but anyway um boy did they put on a show for jack yeah so um, actually the show he had no idea what he was walking into yeah the show here really didn't the show didn't really start till the second tribal council uh because it seemed as though there were you know it, and this this is another trial like, people talk about it it's it's how do you survive the first episode right you don't want to be the first person yeah. to go home you also don't want to be the first person to go home right after the merge and they talked about it at the tribal council it's like that first vote you don't know who to trust yet you don't know which one of your conversations was real which one of your conversations somebody else didn't engage on the same level of you you don't learn that until the first vote because that's when those loyalties are proven and then you can build the merge vote is a lot the same you have now I probably the seventh tribe dynamic. If you're just multiplying the different combinations mm -hmm. or no one, two, three, four. Five, six, I don't think anyone's going to check your seven. Map. No, it's seven. This is okay. the seventh different tribe dynamic. And you don't know how old Lyro plays in 
with their OGs versus their Vokais versus the Lyros they split with, whether that even matters. And it's it's tough to get a pulse on things. Yeah. So how did you really how did you think that that tribal played itself out in terms of the trust versus deception argument also kind of positioned against kind of the um kind of the moral the moral positioning of janet right the moral position of the dan vote versus the trust and deception thing actually was we'll the, touch on that was so like the moral positioning part of the first vote i don't i don't know if it came in it was part of kind of the decision to vote the way they voted yeah. but it was not part of the discussion so i guess that's, that's a vote strategy question yeah what do you think of let's just talk about that what do you think about whoever the decision maker was you seem to think it was janet to put votes on dan to forego the gameplay and kind of make a stand what do you think about that idea against playing the game as survivor yeah i guess what i'm most confused about by the dan vote is why so many people seemingly agreed to it and then like how she got the people who were originally wanting to vote Missy to flip to Dan if they, you know, if they weren't going to stick with it. So the trust versus deception conversation confused me a bit because I feel like every vote is, there's a mix of both. So I felt right. like that was just kind of like filler talk. I thought going into mm. Tribal, Kelly was going home. Like, yeah. I don't think anything that kind of happened up Tribal was, I think it was all like one of those Tribals that, we talk about where we're like, they're trying to throw us off and trying to build something when there's really nothing here. I feel like Kelly was going home from like the second she walked in. The, the second she was talking about having two idols, I feel like everybody, especially this season that talks about having an idol, like the first two that had idols that went home talked about how they had idols walking into tribal and went home. So I just felt yeah. like the deception part was kind of on Survivor trying to get us to think that something different was going down. The Island of the Idols season is basically a clinic mm -hmm. in how not to play your idols. Yeah, it's I think it's we've gotten awful. a big squadoosh from everybody except yeah. for maybe Kelly, but <laughs> let's be real, it lasts it, it bought her a whole one more tribal council where she wasn't already going home. So you could make the case that that wasn't even a well played idol in the end. Uh, but I, it seems like, I think you're right, it was more the fallout of the Tribal Council that was the talking point than it was the Tribal Council itself. Yeah. Um, so... Can I add something here? Please. I feel that Aaron was sort of a driving point in this, in the flip to vote Kelly. He was very vocal about her being a threat, her going to Harvard and being able to downplay that her kind of going through this game not being seen as a threat. I feel like he, because forgive me if I'm wrong, but he was originally part of her voting block and flipped. To Missy? No. Aaron and Aaron and Missy are linked. I mean, maybe, but I doubt it. Okay, maybe. They were, they're OGs. But I feel like Aaron was was pretty vocal, and I, I could see him behind the scenes being kind of the one to corral that, that vote because he seemed pretty adamant that, like, this was the time and she needed to go. I think you're giving him a lot of credit intellectually, well, but maybe he's got it in him. We will we will see as this plays out. But um, you talked about it, Kelly being a threat. Uh, she went home in what was, I guess, in the end, a relatively mundane uh, eight to five vote. Kelly electing not to play one of her two idols, Oof. one of her two individual immunity idols. Let's ignore how it happened. We'll get into that right move to get Kelly out for those who voted for her. Oh, yeah. She's a threat. And yeah. she very much exposed that from the last tribal, from Nora breaking down the information. I don't think her crying act on the beach of her saying, I don't know why Nora would say that I did this. I don't think anybody bought that. I think that was clear from what Jamal said. I do think it was the smart move. I'm bummed to see her go. I thought yeah. she was a great player. I loved watching her work. I just think she was being too, too, too early. Her gameplay was a little too early and it was too visible. It Dean was highly voted, visible. Moves. Dean voted Kelly. You got any problem with that? You know I have a problem with that. I don't understand that. I think he... he it's, He's on the bottom of everywhere. Yeah, it seemed like he was just trying to latch on to what he thought was maybe going to be the best move for him going forward. And he voted with them twice now. So it seems... You know, it seems he's part of that group right now. There hasn't really been much conversation on Dean. Um, so it seems like maybe he made the right move for himself because he was last on the chopping block and wasn't even part of the conversation right. this Might episode. Might be able to hide in plain sight for a bit, see a fracture in that big eight-person group. Yeah. Let the dogs eat the dogs and rise from the ashes. Yeah. 
But I think morally, I love that storyline for Dean. Morally, and that fucking not smile. great, but for his own gameplay and for the game of Survivor, like you, you, you got to do what works best for you, and I think that's what he did. Yeah, I mean, his vote wasn't the difference, but it, it's got to make Kelly's vote or move look worse because the person she saved turned on her the very next tribal. Like she didn't cur any favor with that move. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Kelly's a stud. Kelly's a stud, and she is. Someone I would love to see again in another fashion. Because I think it's the first person who's been eliminated who I'd really love to see back on this show. Um, yeah. She's got a lot of game in her. I'd love to see her play on like a a reunion of like a team of strategists, a team of like studs, and a, a team of social people or something like that. Yeah. Where she can be with other strategists so that it's Ooh. not it's not like a... Because if she goes back on any other season, people will be like, she's fucked. Get her out. Yeah. You know, so I'd, I'd like to see her on a season like that. But... Um, and I feel like Survivor kind of owes her. I'll, I'll slip that in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually a fair point. Um, and she went on with two fucking idols. I she's mean, got that's, the story on, line. that's on you, girl. Yeah, but... That's on you. <laughs> obviously, the big talking point is the fallout from Tribal Council. So, Janet felt incredibly, incredibly betrayed. Or maybe not betrayed, but... Um, yeah, she did feel betrayed in that she was led to believe... Or her perception was that Dan was causing such a problem for these girls that she needed to take a moral stand, forget the game, vote him out. She was, at the very least in her mind, misled. I think more than that, but at the very least in her mind, misled to the point where um, she felt people were using sexual harassment as a tool in the game. And that upset her quite a bit. She goes on to call out Dan directly. She says, you know what? I couldn't take care of it with a vote. I'm going to handle it face to face. She calls out Dan directly. He says, I can't believe any of this is true. He goes and talks to Elizabeth Missy. Missy say, Janet's making that whole thing up. Dan tells Janet that what she's doing is reprehensible. Janet ain't playing that shit. No, she and she calls everybody out, Mama Lifeguard style. <laughs> and she says, let's all talk. Let's all fucking talk. And the sum of that conversation is unclear what Missy actually said versus what Janet perceived. Elizabeth outright admitting that in this very last five minutes, she outright lied to Dan about what she did and didn't say, confirmed the initial stuff, Yeah. then went back and told Dan that it was just a gameplay move. It was fucked up, but it was a gameplay move. And everyone kind of goes back to sleep. Janet excuses herself to the beach, sleeps in the beach. Poor Janet. So we'll just leave it with the four main parties involved. Um, I guess we'll forgive Aaron snickering in the in I know, the in hut. the background, just like wide awake, eyes yeah. open. Looking. I mean, it was a show. I'd, yeah. I'd be, yeah, I'd be gotta, locked into that. You gotta watch. You gotta watch. But give me a reaction for the four parties involved. How did Missy, Dan, Elizabeth, and Janet all look coming out of that situation and, and, and try and keep it succinct for each of them? Yeah, I mean, Janet, I think, was completely in her right. Like, it did seem from what we saw, I don't want to assign an intention to people, but from what we saw, it did seem that people were coming to her and that stories were coming to her that people were very uncomfortable. So if that wasn't the case, I'd be upset too. So Janet, totally in her right to call people out. And I think it was good for her to get everybody together and not have all these separate side conversations and just be like, let's talk just be this like, out. This is bigger than the game. Yeah. I'm not playing this. He said, she said, we're, we're, we're hashing this out. Yeah. So Janet totally in her right. Dan, I think comes off really, really just kind of awful in that he so desperately wants to stay in the game and stay a part of the group that he was okay with Elizabeth's telling Janet that she felt uncomfortable around right. him as just part of the game. He was like, oh, okay. When she was like, I just said that to survive. He was like, oh, great. I'm fine. So right. that kind of makes me question Dan's character to begin with because if I knew you're on a TV show that millions of people watch, the dynamic in the group is that you're a pervert but you're okay with it because it was a gameplay and it's not true, that made me just like totally think that Dan was yeah. fucking Let's, let's not forget the hours of video evidence of you being a fucking pervert. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that he came off real bad in that one specific instance i think all of his other interactions of him trying to figure out with janet he he did seem genuinely confused but in that moment where elizabeth admitted yeah. that she said something he comes off bad and then missy i don't really have a reaction to her because she didn't really speak in that whole in that whole four chain it became very elizabeth janet dan and not really missy she kind of was a yeah. bystander in that conversation okay 
And Elizabeth, I mean, admitting to, to, to doing that. I think I said I don't want to assign intention to people. She admitted that she purposely used that. So I just don't think that's comes off real bad. And she said in a confessional that it was always like a like a joke. Right, it wasn't like something she took that seriously. Yeah. She also did kind of have a little bit of self-awareness and say maybe that's something that I shouldn't be joking about. Right. Um, and so, I guess I'll just break it down to this. I don't think, of the people that Janet knew about, um, Kelly was expressing real concerns. She'd heard about Morgan, who was maybe not, I, we don't really know her intention. Um didn't you say the person from earlier in the Molly? Molly. Um, then you had Missy, who it's pretty, it's unclear. I mean, she definitely joked about it in previous episodes. This episode, I can't really recall what she said, but she definitely identified with Kelly. And if that was a story to Janet, I get that. Yeah. And Elizabeth outright told Janet that. So at the very least, we're talking about four women. There's, you know, not that many more women on the show, and. I can see where Janet came from. Do you, and Lauren, I think is kind of on the periphery of this discussion as well. She used this, but I don't think she ever hyped up Dan as like having done anything to her. I think she yeah. rode the wave of this. Rode the wave for uh, sure. You know, complicit in it. Yeah. Um, some people say the bystanders are the most guilty party, but that's not me. That's some people, Lauren. Um, <laughs> do you think that a line was crossed by anybody here in order to advance their game? Was there a moral responsibility of the players of Survivor? And this is why I'm glad you're on this episode, so we don't have to have, you know, for the fourth straight episode, two straight white males talk Very about social good. issues. So I don't know if I'm much better. Yeah, well, you're not, but you're not a straight white male, so we got we got one thing going there for you. There we go. So please, is, was yeah. a line crossed? Yeah, I definitely think a, I think a line was crossed by kind of everyone involved, I think mostly by Missy and Liz, Elizabeth. Wrong. At least from... Dan, Dan was the one who crossed the most lines. Ooh. That's the only right answer. That is the right answer. Yeah. I like there's, that. There's a free lesson for you. Anyway, continue. Wow, you like teed me up for that just so you could hit me with that. I it's appreciate in, it. That it's in my it. notes. I know it is. Um, no, but I do think that Missy and Elizabeth crossed the line. But I, here's the thing. is In the tribal council, they kept talking about in the real world. And... It's, it's easy for me to sit here and watch and be like, you're so dumb. This is the real world. It's projected to the world. People are watching this. Just because you're on an island doesn't mean it's not real life. It's not like life gets put on pause and you're in a video game simulation. But I could see how your mentality, you're on an island, you have no trusted allies, everything's paranoia, everything's survival. I could see how maybe things that you would do when you're home, when you're in your normal setting, in your normal interactions, you're doing differently when you're in a different state of mind. So I I feel bad for the girls because I do think that they just got totally swept up in the game and I don't want to assign this to like their characters, but I do think using something like that to, to get somebody out was definitely crossed a line. But agree with you that the person who crossed the most lines was Dan. Yeah, um, I think he exuded that in tribal when um he Oof, did an example thing. an example grope just for all the viewers who may have forgotten his previous ones yeah. uh, guys fucking clueless um <laughs> absolutely fucking clueless but we'll get to the tribal um i actually have a really tough time with this one because i think that there's a possibility that the only buddy who was like disturbed to the point of not being okay was Kelly. I think there's a yeah. possibility that everyone else was like, Dan's a little weird, but like honestly didn't register with them. Um, and I can, and so for me, the only people, like I do, do, do I think that they crossed a line? They might've used somebody else's thoughts about it. it wasn't necessarily their thoughts. Did they leverage it? Yeah. I gotta say probably. So yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, it's tough because I'm a lover of the game and this is this is fucking savage gameplay. Yeah. At its at its core. Um but yeah, I mean for me it crossed a line. I'd be interested for me to know if it crossed a line if it wasn't um Janet because there was so much pure intentions in her behavior yeah. and her actions and her character shown through. So I'd wonder how I would think if it wasn't Janet that was the 
kind of the the, the 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 failing party and yeah. the one that you know made to look like a fool for standing up for something that she felt so you know so dearly about uh, if it let's say if it was Karishma, would i have the same opinion i honestly don't know i honestly don't know um I was going to say that's not a slight to Karishma, but it absolutely is. Not a big <laughs> fan of her. Um, but no, that's not the, the, the point. But yeah, I, I think it was crossed the line as well. And um, I think that in the game of Survivor, you reap what you sow. Um, Kelly's sitting on the jury. Jamal's sitting on the jury. Janet may well be sitting on the jury. She knows who misled her. There's a lot of yeah. people up there that, you know, I don't know if we're ever going to get another Wicked Witch speech. Um, that was that was an all-time speech. Uh, Drew roast Missy on YouTube. I mentioned it once a season. Uh yeah, I also think just Survivor kind of crossed the line. Like, this didn't just come up this episode. This is something that we have been cringing every time we see Dan touch right. a girl inappropriately. We hide under our blankets on the couch and, like, want to curl up in a ball. It's also not something that wasn't addressed, which nobody brought up this episode. I kept waiting for someone to bring up how Kelly had a conversation with him on the beach on day one. Maybe not day one, but episode one where she told him that she's uncomfortable with the physical touch and he said that's just how I show affection and she said I understand that but that's not how I like to receive it and the conversation was had and it continued and I think that's where Survivor crossed a line because this was this was not new yeah. and she made her complaint to him once and she made her complaint on camera and nothing was done about it so I think that that is an issue and I think that's why there was a lot of like showing the producer showing that there was a meeting that took place I found it very strange that at one point Janet said to Dan I believe it was Janet said Dan that meeting was about you like was Dan not individually addressed in a meeting for her to have to be like you know that meeting about inappropriate touching or whatever it was was aimed at you it should have been a conversation that they had with him directly and didn't they, seem like it was. They said that they talked with everybody directly and everyone as a group. We don't know how those conversations went. As a group, they might have been said, hey, guys, just want to remind you that there are certain standards we uphold people to, blah, 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 and make sure you're respecting other people's physical boundaries, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And then they moved on from it. And in every conversation, they said, are you feeling comfortable? Are you feeling uncomfortable? Kelly, oh, you're going to tell us you're feeling uncomfortable, but are you really feeling uncomfortable? Well, no, say me, tell me again you're feeling yeah. uncomfortable. And then, you know, tell Dan, hey, fuckhead, stop touching people. You know, that conversation was about you. Like, he knows it. He knows it. Everyone else probably knows it. Janet called his ass out on it. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you. I think that there's a little bit of posturing done by Survivor. Um I wanted to get your thoughts real quickly. I mean, we'll just kind of breeze through the rest of um, this episode. But um, Janet, really awesome moment. Ends up finding a hidden immunity idol after Janet. this. Really special time. Um, Jamal gets duped by the Island of the Idols. Um, really unfortunate because there's not a single person in survivor history that doesn't grab that envelope oh it was so it was so many dumb moves after each other though it oh, was let's, yeah. not reading the note taking them up on the offer that they gave him at island of the idols it was just like dumb dumb and then dumb, creating dumb, the dumb. stupid legacy advantage <laughs> that nobody believed a handwritten note it was on a wooden side it was all just they gave me the ability <laughs> to use a crayon <laughs> And I use this crayon to create a legacy advantage for my biggest foe. There was no suspicions here. Yeah, it just seemed like Jamal was not thinking of any consequences of his actions, of like how he would be perceived or how he might be set up for failure in each step of that. By taking the note, by not reading the rest of it. I would just have kept just kept doubling it. down. I would have just read it. It said don't open it anymore. I would have read it. <laughs> Maybe... That could have backfired in my face if it was like, if you've read me, you don't get an idol or something like that. But I feel like I would have just read it because I would have been like, this is very strange to have this yeah. here. He got caught up in the moment yeah. and then he just doubled down on a few bad decisions. Ended up losing his vote. Um, we go to an immunity challenge. Um, something out of Prope's sex dungeon. and <laughs> um, You would be so bad at this. Aaron, oh yeah, I would, this would be your immediately disintegrate. Over. I might... I might do something like in this challenge. Um, I mean, for those of you who don't know, my shoulders are made out of paper mache. I would probably do something like, like a, whoa, my feet! And then pretend to fall and then have pros go, Patrick falls off the plank out of nowhere, must have lost his footing, and just save my shoulders. Yeah, I, I might Because just take that. the dive. I would actually um, appreciate that. But Aaron wins his second immunity in as many chances. 
and Missy wins one. Question for you, if Kelly was still here, would she have called this challenge sexist? Why, wh how, how? For having that? a man and a woman's immunity and not just a yeah, singular best person immunity. I didn't understand They've done it before. That. They've done it a million times. I didn't understand that for this one because th this it didn't seem like one of those challenges. They I, fell I, off at a pretty even rate. I mean, I think there was too much other with like sexism and feminism and all things going all on right, in this episode right. for that to even, if it, if it did happen, I don't know if it would have made, made the cut for this episode. Fair but enough. I say, but... Aaron, Missy, Elizabeth, final three or at least within the final three in both challenges. So very impressive. I really want to see what happens with Elizabeth and Missy in future. future yeah, let's not forget, Elizabeth uh, is an Olympian, I believe. Yeah. Missy is a Division One athlete. Aaron's a gym owner. So yeah. we do still have some physical beasts on this show uh, and some other people who might show themselves to be uh, just to get some other challenges that we haven't quite seen. Yeah, yet. I want to see a concentration, focus, agility one come into play and yeah see, see, see tommy where, do see something lauren a... yeah i want something in a little bit more wheelhouse but um so we got two people immune janice got an immunity idol um tribal is largely uneventful in terms of the votes it was basically like all the big guys beating up on the little guys they split the votes um janet burned an idol and jamal went home uh, without his vote it was really just a continuation of this dan uh, this Dan conversation, I don't think we need to go so much further into it. Um, you know, Prope snapped at Dan, said he was never going to let this go. Love that. You know, great moment, you know, but, and, and, you know, say what you will about the rest of the, um, the episode of what Survivor's decisions were. I think they re at least realized at a point that they needed to take a stand. And I think that's better than nothing. Yeah. Uh, and they did make it a, maybe, maybe it was just a big blow up. Maybe it was just big something to show people that they cared when they really didn't and they prefer the TV ratings because I'm sure they got some decent ones. Um, I don't know. But uh, Dan, uh, I think really challenging Probst was interesting. You don't see too many people dig their heels in against Probst and uh, Probst didn't back the fuck down. Yeah, I mean, Dan was just wanting to sweep this all under the rug. He mm -hmm. didn't want to talk about it anymore. And I think Classic Weinstein. I think that, I think that was just his, his approach. He just didn't want it talked about. And again... Not assuming intention on his part of, you know, anything. I think in his mind, he very much did not think that that's how it came off. So to keep bringing it up, um, I think that's why he wanted swept under the rug because that's not how he saw it. And he kind of confirmed with some of the other girls that were saying that, that that's not how they saw it. So I think in his head, it's like, all right, like, let's stop talking about this. We've kind of all moved on. But it was interesting having Kelly there as a spectator. I think that they maybe should have given her an opportunity to say something. She no, didn't she's say in the anything. jury. They're not allowed to talk in the jury. At all? No. I mean, you don't think you can make an exception for a situation like this? I mean, I already think there's... It just was weird having her be a bystander, listening to a conversation happen... That was about her? About something about her, without letting well, her... I mean, it, it happens all the time in Survivor. Usually it's not that long and not about things that sensitive. Like heavy, They're yeah. usually about Survivor. Right. Um, but anyway... Um, yeah, Probst doesn't let it go. Uh, really grills him, grills him on it. Um, what did you think about Aaron's response at Tribal where he mentioned uh, that really all of this was about Janet didn't get her way? I believe he said that in more or less words. I have to I have to admit I really don't understand the whole Janet storyline here. I don't understand why she thought that she was an enemy, like why people hated her. I don't think anybody saw yeah. it that way and I think everybody pretty quickly was like, "No, like you voted a certain way because we manipulated <laughs> you to vote yeah. a certain way." So I didn't really get the whole the whole Janet storyline and I think Aaron's comment about that was just his, you know, his reaction being a person that's removed and maybe just seeing her kind of like isolate herself at camp over the past few days. I don't think it was really anything more than that. I think she kind of made herself the victim because she felt like the victim, even though that that wasn't what other people were thinking. Yeah. I think Aaron did downplay a little bit, uh, Janet's motives. I mean, Janet didn't nail other people's motives in this one, but, um, I don't think it was sour grape. I think Janet was more upset about, the tool that was used to cause her lose yeah. than losing. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that is where Aaron misfired a little bit in his comments. Um, but yeah, good call. I, 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 I mean, it's just, it is, it's just a matter of perspective at this point. And it's clearly different boundaries for different people. Um, and yeah, if you're, if that's fair play to you, 
then yeah, it kind of is sour grapes. And so I can at least respect Aaron's perspective, albeit I think not a representation of um, Janet. But um, I have some more notes here, but frankly, I'm just kind of sick of talking about okay. talking about Same. Dan. Um, hopefully, I mean, he seems like a great person to sit next to at the end, so I don't think we're going to see the end of him. I wouldn't want to sit next to him physically. Well, you will, maybe you sit on <laughs> one end and he sits on the other end, you know. Or maybe you make fire and see if you can't burn them at the stake. Yeah, um, I don't think he makes it to the end. Yeah, I mean, I let's just say no one's going to vote for him. Um, but, you know, Jamal ends up going home, like I said. Salty. So salty. Let's not forget, um, he burned his idol in the previous episode. Yeah. So, he didn't really have a great episode, a couple episodes. Um, you know, seemed to have really... Um, a lot to say and I don't mean this facetiously just kind of about society and like he really seemed to embrace all of those discussions um say what you will about yeah you know I thought how, he brought a lot to yeah the show. he was he, he did bring a lot to the show um I don't think as good a survivor player as he thought he was and in the end um they got rid of him was it yeah, the right move like, for that group to get rid of Jamal or do you think it was time for them to start some infighting or go after another big bigger target or was that where do you think Jamal was the right play there I think Jamal was the right play. I, I mean, I saw him as a threat. It's it's interesting because we only see, we kind of see everything and they yeah. only know what they know. So I don't really know how much other people were thinking he was a big threat, but I saw how smart and articulate and strategic he was. So I do think getting him out at some point was the right move. And this was, you know, he kind of set himself up in this way yeah. by taking, by accepting the challenge from I, I, uh, Island of the Idols. Is this the first time that we saw someone get actually burned by Island of the Idols? I want yeah. to say that Jamal pretty much... He got fucked. He got fucked and wasn't on, it wasn't, wasn't on the radar before he came back and had this, like, fake legacy thing. Mm. Like, lost a boat. I think this is the first time that Island of the Idols, the lesson was not learned. And it he got burned. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I it was definitely the first time the lesson was, like, a real hard knocks kind of a lesson. You know, Jamal, yeah. let's be real. Jamal had no say in the matter. You find a little thing, you're going to make, you, you, you go for your opportunities in survivor. This lesson was basically a, just a, it, it was a, it was a, it was a pitfall. It was, it was a design it was pitfall. Let the opportunity go and he didn't. Sure. I suppose going forward to the, the writing on the, yeah. on the thing. Yeah. I'd agree with you there. In ter I'm talking about in terms of losing his boat. I don't really blame him for yeah. that, but uh, yeah, bad episode for Jamal. Um, and so, yeah, a um, couple more notes. We just got to wrap this up, but do you give any credit to old Lyro as now for the first time in this game, they have a numerical advantage in the game. They were able to get rid of Vakai in three straight episodes, three straight episodes to get the, uh, to get the original, to get the numbers advantage. I'm not gonna lie to you. Can't really answer that question because I don't remember who original Lyra was. Four but straight, four straight. Vakai have gone home. Jason, Jack, Kelly, Jamal leaving. Aaron, Dean, Elaine, Elizabeth, Karishma, and Missy as the original Lyra members. That alliance probably isn't as strong as I thought in my head. Yeah, but I mean, hey, I think you got to give them some credit if that if that sure. if that's the stats, you know. All right. Well, this is going on forever. Um, we're going rapid fire on the rest of my questions. Right move for Janet to play her idol. Yes. Um, you, you got it. With the way this she is was a little, feeling. This is a little factoid for you. Um, Krishma got some throwaway votes. She's now up to 10 votes on the season. The record for votes in a single season is 19. Um, I'm going to call it, guys. I think we got a record on our hands this season. I think Krishma is going to get 10 more votes this season. A couple more along the way. Yeah. Votes at two more trial councils before eventually being voted home in a four or five vote fashion. I think she's going to get her way to 20. Come on, Karishma. We're pulling for you. We know you can do it. <laughs> I think so, so too. Katie, let's start bringing this thing home. Give me your power home. move of the week, your second opportunity, A plus power move for an A plus segment. Oh, I can't go, Karishma. All right. Here's another random one. Not sure you're going to like this either. I'm going to give my power move of the week to Elaine. She was popping for so many episodes as a front runner, always part of the conversation, social game, 
strong in challenges. She has stayed completely under the radar in a two-hour episode. I don't think we saw her really once. She has found a way to fall back in the pack right around the time of the game when you want to be doing that so that you can kind of save your, your game for a little bit later. So I'm going to give my power move to her because I'm thinking Kelly, I'm thinking Jamal, who had the big moves, finding idols, you know, making making some moves. They both went home in the end. So Elaine for my power move of the week by doing pretty much nothing. Well, I now know how Devin feels when I respond to his keep it brief Ooh, yeah. with a nonsense diatribe. Yep. Anyway, three up, three down. Three up. I'm going Aaron. Win two idols in the same episode. Got to give him that. Yeah. I'm going Dean. Seems to have found his way back into the fold. And there's a lot of bigger fish to fry. And people love frying fish. So I think Dean might have a really good place in this game right now. Third up is Janet. Her character shine th shown through. Found the idol. Uh, tough episode for her. So want to give her an up. Down. Going Dan again. Um, he still doesn't get it. Um, Kelly. She went home with two idols. I can't ignore that. Down. Unfortunately, it pains me to do it. But I'm going Janet down again. She was unable after the vote to separate her opinions about how that vote went down and accurately assess her standing into the game to the point that she blew her idol unnecessarily, misreading how people felt about her, and she desperately needed that idol to make a big move later in the game. I think Janet really, really shot herself in the foot during the mm. second half of this episode in the gameplay. Yeah, didn't think of it that way. Still love you, Janet. I would love nothing more than a rags to riches story for Janet this season. And we are well over on time. Sure are. Um, Devin, I know how you feel now. That's not easy. Um, I had to crawl myself and Katie that time. Um, you did great. Well. How'd I do? Thank you. Um, Decent? Pretty good. Thumb like half up? I think that um, I'll have to listen to it back. Maybe... Um, Maybe we'll 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 have uh, you and Leah come back on an episode together to really really set this thing into the stratosphere um, because we are nothing without our ladies. And again, love congratulations, it. Devin and Leah. We love you guys. We love you. Until next time, we got nothing for you. Oh,